Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. It's time for Grilling at the Green. Join Jeff Tracy as he explores the golfing lifestyle and tries to keep it in the short grass for the hackers, dew sweepers, and turf spankers. Here's Jeff. Just open up the door and let's take good times in. Hey everybody, welcome to Grilling at the Green here on AM860 The Answer and the Golf News Network. I'm JT. Uh, This is the show where we talk about golf and the interesting and fascinating people who share the same passion for the game as you and I do. Um, We're going to have Bruce Furman, my friend and also my instructor in the studio with us today. Yeah, but before we get to Bruce, I want to say that this segment of Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painterdale's Natural Beef, beef the way nature intended, and also Gunter Wilhelm knives, unmatched quality. I've got some, and I agree with this. Comfort and efficiency for enhanced productivity in the kitchen. You can check them out online at gunterwilhelm.com. Oh, and Billy Idol. I don't know. Do you like Billy Idol? Is music? Well, it's okay. It's okay. Like the money, money at the weddings, and yeah, you can jump yeah, up there. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'll get you end up with some cake in your hair or something. How are you? I'm are good. You? Everything's good. You look good. Yeah. You look good. How's the life treating you with all this pandemic stuff? You know, it's uh, it's there's always silver lining to to, to things, and uh, for me, uh, the pandemic. Uh, uh, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen, of course, and but we were fortunate not to shut down the golf courses here in Oregon, although they did in Washington and California, but right. we were lucky not to, and and golf's one of the few things you can do that you can social distance, so, uh, you know, we, golf has been strong, and golf course, our, our course, and I think all the courses in the area are full, and People are taking lessons. I've been busier than ever, so uh, so that's uh, it's been good for me, good for the golf business. Uh, so you know, it's a lot of a lot of struggles for people and uh, so forth. But uh, but golf business is doing well. Good. So the tour is back. You can watch them on TV. PGA Tour, LPGA Tour, Corn Ferry. We got Winco coming up this week or this weekend as the show airs. Um. No, no spectators per se, but uh, the news guys get to go out to the Winco, so I'll be covering some of that. But what have you seen so far? I know you've watched a bunch on TV. We've talked about it briefly, but what have you seen with the tours? How are things shaping up? You know, uh, I I don't know that it, no spectators have made much difference to the pros out there. You know, uh, in a lot of ways it's easier. You know, the only probably negative thing is that uh, they rarely lose a ball because they're hitting into the crowds when they're offline. Right. <laughs> you know, so they can possibly lose a ball now with, like the rest of us when we play. Right. You know, particularly right. when there's rough on the golf course. But but I think in a lot of ways it's easier for them. And, uh, you know, it's less, less uh, 
problems for the golf course. There's not so much trampling, you know, so the course is nicer when it's done. So, so there's some positive things about it. Uh, um, but like I said, I, I, I don't think it's really affected them that much. Yeah, and I think that uh, that layoff, maybe we're seeing some mixture, if you will, Bruce, at the at the top of those leaderboards, especially like on Saturday, going into Sunday, it's not the, it's even though they've kind of, they do rise to the top and they win, but you're seeing some names that you might not be overly familiar with, uh, at least up there for a couple of days, and they're making it into the top 25 and stuff, so it's good for them too. Yeah, no question about it. There's a lot of young guns out there now, and uh, uh, you know they're not they're they're ready to go when they get out there, right, yeah. right out of college, or uh, some of them, of course, are coming off the uh, the uh, second tour. But uh, the Victor Hovlands and the Ch- Cameron Champs, and uh, you know the Abraham Answers, and you know people like that, uh, they're uh, they're ready to win right off the bat, and uh, you're seeing it. I, I think, uh, like this Colin Morikawa. You know, he's from Cal. He's he's probably a good bet for the PGA Championship. And usually, you don't think that a first year guy is going to win a major. But uh, you know, you never know. He's it from, He's from that area. He's been playing good. He's already won, so might be a good pick if you're picking. Uh, yeah. picking somebody. We're going to get to that. Some of the picks and odds and stuff a little later in the show. Um. We're coming into fall, whether we like it or not. It's been a very brief summer. We're in August now, and uh, hopefully the weather holds till October or November this year, which it, we've had a pretty mild year, really, so far. Uh, the equipment, you're like I am. You read the magazines, all the online newsletters, the different things like that. This is the type of, they they're going to start bringing out some new equipment. So... They brought out some new equipment in the spring. They're bringing out some new equipment in the fall, like they always do. Anything you've seen in the new equipment lines that kind of makes you go, yeah, that's good? Well, you know, honestly, I, I represent uh, TaylorMade, and um, they have, you know, the new equipment out, the sim drivers, and, um, uh, you know, all the, all the equipment companies, you know, endeavor to, to produce the highest quality with the most speed and all that sort of thing. And uh, they're all pretty good if you get fit right. Uh, the, the tour players, they get the equipment way ahead of the you know market. And sure. so, uh, and, and of course, they have a tour van out there and they, they fit them and uh, they grind clubs the way they want them. And they get, you know, access to whatever shafts they want. And we're... You know, when you're buying clubs off the rack, you know, they have certain shafts that they, that are available where the tour pros have, you know, they go for, they can go for any shaft and some of those shafts are pretty expensive. Right. So an amateur can buy that kind of equipment if you go get fit somewhere and, and you want to pay extra money to do it. Uh, but uh, if you're just buying off the rack, then you're buying certain shafts. That, but they're they're still good. They're still good. Do yours come that way? Do you get to pick? I, I pick, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, in the past, when I worked down at PJ West, um, of course, I'm close to all those uh, golf club companies that are in right. the Southern California area, and so I would go to TaylorMade and get fit right there. And 
and I would uh, just order the shafts that uh, I wanted, you know. And they, like I said, they are available for, for people, uh, but they're expensive. Right. You know, some of them are. Right. Sometimes you don't actually need that expensive a shaft. It's it's uh, it's uh, may or may not help you, but. Uh, but uh, I've gone gone there many times and gotten fit, and so uh, you know it's it's a matter of uh, a lot of things that you get fit for. But uh, shaft's probably the most important thing, and you know how much where is it flexing, how much torque or twist does it have in it, how stiff, so forth. Those are things. So what's the flex point? Is it you know if you hit it high, then uh, you need a, a higher flex point. If you're a low ball hitter, you need a lower flex point. So, so you want to get fit for your clubs, uh, particularly nowadays with drivers so expensive that uh, you better get a good one and and one that fits you well. Otherwise, you're wasting your money. Yeah, well, I noticed that you and I went to a, a fitting company uh, when they were new in town. I don't need to mention their name. They were, they did a great job and all that. But when they handed me the example, the driver was going to be eight hundred dollars. I about yeah. fell out of my chair. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, pretty pretty expensive when you start doing that. Uh, you know, I, of course, I'm in the industry, so uh, sometimes they'd actually. You know, I, I would get sets of clubs every year, but uh, sometimes if I ordered a real expensive shaft, they'd, they'd make me pay for that little extra yeah. shaft, and you yeah. know, uh, rather than just give it to me. But, um, but yeah, um, it, it, you have to get them fit well, and, uh, you know, and all, the, the Titleist, the Callaways, all the companies have good quality clubs. Sure. So. For the average golfer, is it more about, a club they're comfortable with instead of saying, I'm going to go play Titleist? Well, you know, again, all the major manufacturers um, make good quality clubs, and they, if they're fit properly to you, you can, you can play, you know, you can get a, ta- a TaylorMade or a Titleist that'll fit you properly, and and um, it'll work fine, you know. So it's not, but it's not a matter, I like this Titleist, and I'm just going to buy any Titleist club. No, right. you want to get it fit properly. Yeah. Um, speaking of fit properly, we're going to fit in some uh, commercials here very shortly. But I did want to, um, <clears throat> I did want to ask Bruce this. You know, I heard the other day that um, your girlfriend told her therapist that she never, you never buy her flowers, and your answer was you didn't know she sold flowers. So, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> bad joke. Anyway, we'll be back more on Grilling in the Green in just a minute. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT. We got Bruce Furman in the studio with us today. Um, don't forget our friends down at Langdon Farms. You can see Bruce there most days. Uh, they have their Friday night prime rib special at the grill. It's great stuff. I've eaten it a number of times. Of course, if you look at me, you'll know I haven't missed too many meals in my life. Also, if you'd like to email us, it's really simple. Info at grillingatthegreen.net. That's info at grillingatthegreen.net. And we also got Facebook and Twitter and Captivate and Chartable and iHeart and iTunes and 
I this and you that. So we'll do that. Anyway, we're talking with my friend and my coach, uh, Bruce Furman, today, who's the head of the director of instruction at Langdon Farms, right there off I-5 in Aurora. Um, when you're teaching somebody, Bruce, and, and, and a more advanced player, I guess, what do you do to help them mentally? I mean, there's always, you know, everybody talks about swing thoughts. You got to have swing thoughts. And I, I've never talked to you about this, but probably because, you know, there's too many thoughts rolling around in my head because we have about 60,000 <laughs> thoughts a day. And that's about 59,950 too many for me. But um, I do better when my mind's just blank, just take everything away. And it's just kind of one of those me and the ball and you see the hole in the distance and all that. But some people that doesn't work with. Some people have to think about stuff. What do you do to help them? Well, I think most players, I mean, tour player types um, do use swing thoughts. Um, you know, it's only about a second to impact. So I don't care how smart you are, 200 IQ, there's not time to think of more than maybe one or two thoughts per right. swing. And once you start trying to do that, more than that, uh, your mind will slow down because it, it, it's trying to process all those thoughts. So I, I tell my players, you know, the uh, you know, your purpose of your practice swing, and sometimes it's going to be just even a little half swing prior to the shot, is to get organized in your mind what you're going to think about. And I tell them, you know, not to have more than, again, a couple of thoughts, maybe a one backswing thought, one downswing thought might be just target the type of shot they're going to play and just visualize their shot and get up with that swing thought. And then you want to have a, a good pre-shot routine and, and put your, your mental focus on that routine and, you know, take the results out of it as much as you can, not think about what could happen. You want to have uh, a positive last swing thought. You don't want to have a negative swing thought. You you can't fool yourself. You can't say there's no trouble on the left if there's a lake there or whatever. Sure. You got to notice that those things and say, but if I make my swing toward that mound or that tree or whatever the target is, I'll be okay. So you always want a positive last swing thought and uh, just trust your routine and trust the work you've done, you know, when you practiced and prepared. And that's what I tell all my my kids or my good players. Yeah, because I noticed that when I, um, well, here's something I noticed, and and this is no reflection on you, and and you're the only person I've ever taken a golf lesson from. Okay, and so I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing for you, but <laughs> when <laughs> when I can work with you and we're working something and you're saying, okay, um, uh, you know, bring it inside out or something. What? Because it's how, usually the next shot I hit when you're looking at me, I duff it. Yeah. It's, at, it's, yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to change right at first. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's, uh, it's an adjustment from what you're doing, but usually as you hit a couple more, then you right. start to get the feel of it. But uh, And yeah. about the third one in, all of a sudden you can send it where you want to send it, yeah. generally. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, I've talked about this before. There, we have mats. Of course, we have a nice grass range, too. and But we have mats for inclement weather in the wintertime and so forth. And by my little office on the range, there's, you know, 
mat right next to it and then next to it and and sometimes we put alignment boards and stuff right. out there and and um when I'm not using it and I watch people come up to hit, um, I can tell immediately without even seeing their swing before they swing what kind of player they are by how they uh, react to the boards that are the alignment boards. Because if they put the board square to the mat so it's perfectly perpendicular to the mat, they're actually aimed into our left trees. And... High handicappers will always put the board perfectly square to the mat. Right. So minute I see them change that board so it's perfectly square, because a high handicapper don't want to see any angles, okay? Yeah. And then if I see someone take that board and, and, and really be careful at pointing it out at a target out there, then I know they're a good player before <laughs> they even swing. Yeah, okay? I, can fool, I can't so, fool you, though. So, uh, so you know, our good players think of the target way more than higher handicappers. They're just thinking about the ball and how many swing thoughts, you know, they're trying to accomplish, which they won't be able to do. And good players, they have swing thoughts, but they minimize it, and, and they're thinking more of the target, and they're swinging through the ball or to the target, and the ball just gets in the way. So if you're, you know, a, a higher handicapper, if you're thinking more about the target, changing targets when you're practicing will really help you. How many people do you see, and you can't give me an exact number because I'm sure it's been in the hundreds of thousands now, but they go out there and like you say, maybe they'll take the board. And if you don't know what the board looks like, it looks like a slat off a picket fence, a little white picket right. fence that you'd have in your front yard. Right. All right. So they do that, but they just kind of keep pounding balls. I, I noticed that because I've got myself into a situation where I'll hit a few balls and then I kind of clicks. It says, that's not the way you're hitting them when you're playing. You know, there's some time in between. Um, you have to wait for your turn if you're playing with a group of people, that type of thing. So I'll hit a couple, three balls, and then I'll just take a little break for a few minutes. Not a lot, but two or three minutes, you yeah, know, yeah. and then hit them. But I see guys out there just whack, 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 whack. And I'm not sure that they're accomplishing anything. <laughs> they're, they're not, really. They're reinforcing bad uh bad habits um you know i've always joked that you know if you had that that uh, electric where the ball pops up right fast as possible that a lot of people would like that you know faster than they get to the next ball the better and uh they're not standing back and thinking about it and working on it and when you watch a tour pro practice they'll whatever they're rehearsing, they usually rehearse ahead of time and then they get up and they hit their shot and they'll watch the ball intently to the ground. And they're, they're, they're thinking, okay, did I accomplish what I was trying to do in this swing? Um, speaking of doing better, we're going to take a break with, for some commercials here, the people that support this show, Bruce and I, and I will be back in just a few minutes here on grilling at the green. Please stay with us. Hey, it's JT, and this part of Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Ben Hogan Golf. Check them out online at BenHoganGolf.com. Hey, welcome back to Grilling at the Green here on AM860, The Answer in the Golf News Network. And a little announcement for you, kind of keeping you updated um, we are going to be shooting some Grilling at the Green TV stuff that will be on Apple TV and Amazon and uh, Hulu. And that'll be this fall going into winter. 
because um, I'm kind of a one-man show on putting all that together, but we are getting it done, and it will be through the um, Golf News Network there, so I'll keep you posted on that. Uh, also, thanks, Painted Hills Natural Beef, the Beef the Way Nature Intended, and Ben Hogan Golf, tour quality clubs at factory direct prices. You can check them out on Ben Hogan. Uh, got Dot com. Um, the Winco tournament is this weekend, actually, as this show is airing. And there's no spectators, but they've gotten some extended coverage on the Golf Channel. So you want to check that out. And uh, info, grillingatthegreen.net, if you want to contact us. And uh, it's all good. So uh, back, we're back talking with uh, Bruce Furman today. Um. What does a golf instructor do on his day off? <laughs> well, Except coming to a radio station yeah, and be yeah, bugged by yeah, me. Everybody has their own interests and uh, so forth. I I uh, I like to uh, fish, so I do a lot of fishing on that. And of course, um, uh, there's lots of proams and so forth that you can play in if you want to do that. Uh, sure. I I haven't played in that many recently but i've played in lots of them over the years so so a lot of pros will do that um but um you know i go for a bicycle ride or uh, uh you know at you know this sure. time this time yeah. <laughs> with the covid thing yeah. you know it's a little yeah. different oh yeah you know so uh so uh, I, I ride i ride my bike around a little bit and uh and I, you have I the go helmet, fishing. The spandex. I, I don't wear the spandex. I, I do have a helmet though. <laughs> okay. Because <I was laughs> I'm, I'm like likely to fall down, and hurt <laughs> okay. myself. All right. I know. I see your um, fishing pictures. Sometimes I, I'll look up, and all of a sudden you'll be over on the Deschutes or something fly fishing, and then I'll go, yeah. "Well, that that yeah. bum, he snuck out of town." Honestly. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice way to get away. I mean, you know, a lot of. Golf is kind of that way. It's an individual sport, you know, and so fishing's kind of that way. Sure. So uh, uh, you get away and uh, enjoy the enjoy the surroundings, and yeah. uh, every once in a while you get lucky and catch one. <laughs> That's true. Are you a catch and release or a catch and oh, yeah, cook? I'm a, I'm a catch and release. I see. You should be catch and cook. I'll do the cooking for you. <laughs> well, if you figure out what the cost per pound for for the actual fishing when you actually yeah. drive there and you know it's about hundred dollars a pound when you... yeah well i used to deer hunt and elk hunt a lot and even though we'd come home with a truckload of deer because there's usually like four of us in the family that would do that you got and by the time you go and you stay and you come back and you clean them and you hang them and you cut it up and you it's about the hunting part and actually harvesting the deer goes pretty quickly yeah. It's the other stuff that, that takes yeah. a long time. But like you said, uh, I've always figured the venison was about between 90 and $105 a pound, and the elk was about $150 yeah, a pound. Yeah, no, it's, it's prohibitive, no question about it. I always stop in at the fly shops because if I'm going to go over there, I'm going to make sure I have the right flies. Oh, so sure. I buy $30, $40 worth of flies yep. usually. Yep. So I've got millions of flies, but I, I always want to make sure I have the right ones at the right time. There and may be you know, a new one. <laughs> that's right. One. And you got to have the right equipment. you got to travel there. So the yeah, cost per pound is pretty high. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Back to golf real quickly here. What do you tell or how do you explain to students or just anybody who comes up? Because you're very open. You can come up and ask you a question. Different ways to look at the golf courses. I also notice over the years that people will just get up there and smack one out there. And they're not 
I mean, they're there to have fun. I get it. They, they, you know, if it stays in the short grass, all the better. But if somebody's going to get somewhat serious about playing and scoring and that type of thing, is there a way that you could instruct them or, you know, give them a tip to say, this is the way you should look at the course? Well, you you got to understand how you're playing at the time. Uh, are you fading the ball? Are you hooking the ball? Whatever, hitting it straight, et cetera. Um, you know, and then play to those strengths. Um, and then you examine the hole and, and you always look at, you know, where if I miss the shot, where can I miss it where I, you know, minimize the damage? And um, particularly as you approach the green, there's some parts of the green, if you miss, we call it on the short side, where the pin is close to that side, you have very little chance of getting it up and down. So you want to say, if I miss this shot, I need to miss it over here to the right. right. And um, and we call it exit areas or whatever you want to call that. But um, missing it around the greens, and of course, there, you know, a lot of people, well, I'm just going to try to hit a good shot right at the pin. Well, sometimes, you know, there's what I call green light, yellow light, red light, positions on the green so if you're a fader and the pins on the left and there's trouble on the left that's a red light situation just try uh -huh. to get it on the front right side of the green and hope you can two putt you know and, and then if if the pins on the right and you're a fader then you that's a green light you know you start it out in the middle let the fade come in and you can get it close to the green but uh but you always got to look at um you know, where, where can I miss this shot and, and still have a shot and still be able to make a par or worse bogey? Okay, now, um, something I saw the other day on a, a couple of, uh, one was on the senior tournament and one was on the regular tour. And they actually made a commercial about this, a car commercial about this a few years ago, I remember. Driver off the deck. I think we've all probably tried it. <laughs> Once in a while you get lucky. I'm a I'm a three wood guy off the yeah, deck. So yeah. anyway, well, I mean, in reality, for the average players, um, three woods maybe the hardest club in the in the bag to hit from from the ground. Not yeah. not from the tee, from the ground. Particularly on a tight fairway lie, um, you know what gets the ball up in the air is um, the effective loft at impact and and backspin and backspin's influence with club head speed so if you don't have a lot of club head speed which a lot of average players don't have sure you need loft you know so a three wood's tough to hit off off the deck and of course a driver uh, even tour pros you'll see them hit kind of skinky you know <laughs> top shot sometimes trying to do it sometimes they can pull it off you know with these huge headed uh, 460cc drivers you know that ball looks pretty small when it's sitting on the ground not up on the tee right so you better have some swing speed and know where the bottom of your arc is because you got to have both those you got to have speed and you got to be able to hit the ball first and and have the bottom of the arc right in the right spot in order to get that ball up in the air uh, i wouldn't recommend it for most people <laughs> It was, uh, I remember now, it was Ernie Els did it, and Watkins, the Lanny Watkins doing the commentary, was having kittens in the booth talking about it. But yeah. but Ernie then put it about 20 feet from the hole. So Well, you know, Tour Pro won't hit a shot he's never tried or she's never tried, you know. So uh, uh, he, he's 
obviously hit that shot before and had confidence he could do it, you know. Yeah. So uh, you don't see many women tour players hitting the driver off the deck because as good as they are, they don't have as much speed, so it's harder to get that ball up in the air. Right. You know, so right. you better have a lot of speed and, and, again, know where the bottom of your arc of your swing is if you're going to attempt that shot. Absolutely. Um, Costco wedges. I just saw that Costco's putting out wedges. You know anything about them? I don't know anything about them, honestly. Uh, I, I, I saw that same thing in one of the news stories, and uh, I guess it's their Kirkland brand. Right. It? And, uh, uh, you know, you hear hear different things on where they're made and so forth, how how uh, how good they're going to be. But I, I can't comment for sure because I haven't really seen one. Well, they, they I, might be fine. You know? they, they complied with the USGA rules. Yeah. Yeah. And and specs, so they right. got on the approved list, right? And you know, um, they probably will fit a, a number of people. And if it, it gets some people to get a good wedge, a, a decent wedge that's a beginner or higher handicapper, um, you know, and you, sometimes the sand wedge is the last club a beginner or higher handicapper buy, and it's really one of the most important clubs in the bag. So having a good sand wedge is really important. It gets that into some people's bags. That's a good thing. This is the first week of our new edition of Snell Golf Giveaways. And what we've got is we've not only got Snell Golf Balls to give away, but we've also got uh, little boxes of tees and divot retools and ball markers and stuff like that. And I will be uh, asking you that question in the next segment. And it's going to be something that Bruce said in the show. Okay, and you will have to either email me or social media me the answer. And if you're right, you'll get a prize in the mail for me. So remember that. Um, and for that one, I'm going to confuse you, but that's really easy. You can do GolfSalemPDX.com. That's Golf at SalemPDX.com. That's our contest deal. We're going to be back in a couple minutes. Wrap up the show with Bruce Furman here on Grilling at the Green. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT. We're with Bruce Furman today. Uh, you're listening to us on either the uh, AM860 The Answer, Golf News Network, or one of the platforms out there. And Bruce, as you know, if you don't know, is the... Uh, Director of Instruction at Langdon Farms in Aurora, Oregon. Beautiful course. Great lessons uh, from Bruce. You can. He also does these kind of mini clinics. You want to just get tuned up on a specific thing. Uh, they vary from, you know, drivers to wedges to long irons and, and putting and all that. He does a great job with that. So you can go to the uh, Langdon Farms um, website. Click on instruction. There you will see his smiling face and um, get in contact with him. See what you want to do. So um, let me turn my page here so I know what. And Bruce is going to stick around for after hours. Do you think that now that it betting, we were talking about betting off the air here, betting on golf is going to help it or hinder it or just have zero under and over on it? I think it probably not too much, but it, it it probably help. You know, I think you know more interest in, from people that yeah. maybe right now. You know, who knows what football is going to do? So you got you know you got to gamble on something, right? Yeah. So uh, yeah. golf may uh, may be big this this fall if if they don't. Hopefully they all they'll have football, but I, I'm not sure they will. But uh, but golf uh, is one aspect that you can gamble on, and uh, 
you know, and have some fun. One thing I expect to see over the next few years are a multitude of stories where somebody went in and put a hundred bucks on Steve Stricker to win the U.S. Open, and he does it, and all of a sudden they come out one hundred eighty thousand dollars richer. Yeah. Some ridiculous thing. Yeah, yeah it's possible. You, you know? know, you put put uh, put some money on a club pro. You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't I don't know if they'd even give you statistics. I mean, uh, odds on a club pro in this you know, the PGA championship, but you know, who knows what the odds would be if you put a hundred dollars on one of the club pros to win, which none of them have won. And I don't know if they've ever won, honestly, but uh, it would be astronomical, but uh, it's possible, you know, Phil Mickelson might, you know, he finished second this week and he might be a good bet. You know, I'm sure the odds are, uh, you still get some decent odds on him because uh, he's 50 years old. He's 50 years old. And, uh, you know they're they're growing the rough. I, I I heard this morning they're going to have the rough about four inches, and they're narrowing the fairways. And of course, him hitting fairways has never been his strength. But uh, <laughs> but he's playing he's playing good. Obviously, he finished second this week. So so who knows? Yeah. Well, and the other thing, if people I know the people that are really tuned into golf obviously listen to this show. But if you're just kind of catching it and passing, Tiger's been down there at Harding Park playing for yeah. several days yeah. now i mean he's you know nothing would be better than to have tiger and phil you know oh, on the last day <laughs> having a shot at winning you yeah. know uh uh who know who knows what tiger's game is going to be like but of course he's you know he won one in what 2005 uh when he when he beat uh beat uh what's his name long drive uh, daily, daily john daly yeah. Yeah. in a playoff so uh and it's um uh, of course, where he's probably going to hit some fairway woods and stuff, so that's to his advantage. He can hit that stinger in fairway woods, and he's a great, you know, one of the greatest iron players that ever played. So who knows? He, you know, he might, uh, he might be there at the end. I hope he is. It'd be fun. Well, it's good for ratings. It's good, I can tell great, you that for, in my great world. for great for ratings for sure. You know, even that. Even people that hate Tiger want to watch. <laughs> yeah. Well, when he did that thing with uh, him and Phil and Brady and Manning. Yeah. Um, watching him play, you know, he was playing pretty good. Yeah, he did. Play and good. then, of course, the needling between him and Phil when he want asked Phil to mark the ball, and he says, "Oh, you want to use my, one of my three gold medals or right, what?" Right. Yeah. No, it's great. So, so that's a lot of fun. But the ratings for that were great. They got six and a half million people watching that or something. Yeah. Well, you know, I think. Um, I think that format was good, but obviously with the no sports, that helped. Oh, anything. <laughs> anything, you know, anything out there, yeah. I find myself. Cornhole is doing really well. Like, Cornhole is <laughs> doing really well. You know, I'm not a big car racing fan. Yeah. I just, not, it's not something that ever, yeah. you know, pulled my chain. Right. But I noticed that when there's no sports, I'm looking at car racing. Right, right. <laughs> Korean baseball. Yeah, you know. Car cricket. racing. Yeah, cornhole. <laughs> you know, someday somebody's going to have to explain that damn game of cricket to me. Yeah, they, I have no clue. That that paddle that looks like your principal, like we were talking about, should right. be swatting in the ass yeah, with it for yeah. being bad days behavior. Take, take days to play. You know, it's, cra it's crazy. I don't know. I saw one thing, and then we got to get out of here, but I saw one thing last night. It was cricket. The guy... I don't think they call him a pitcher, but I will call him a pitcher. Pitched it. The guy whacked it with the paddle. The pitcher caught it, turned around, and threw it right back and hit the guy in the leg. <laughs> yeah, I it's like, somebody's really going to have to tell me what this yeah, is all about. Yeah, yeah, I have no clue. Um, again, you can find Bruce at Langdon Farms. Uh, you've got Facebook and stuff, too. You know? Facebook and Instagram, Twitter, yeah. so forth, yeah. 
Yeah, do that. And so just check out the Langdon Farms website. Uh, Bruce is going to stick around for the after hours. You're going to want to listen to that on the podcast version of the show because I've got some great questions for him. Anyway, until next time, Bruce, thank you. for Great. Thanks for having me. No worries. And we'll be back next week with another edition of Grilling at the Green. Take care, everybody. Grilling at the Green is produced by JTSD Productions, LLC, in association with Salem Media Group, all rights reserved.